There's a saying that in order to become something new, you have to leave something behind. You have to detach in some capacity, remove yourself from the physical realm. Because the obstacles that we face are not physical. 99% of our problems are not physical, they're mental. And you know, as you sort of drive that metaphorical ship into the horizon, the biggest deterrent's never gonna be the anchor or the headwind or the bow line. No, it's going to be the storyline. It's gonna be the narrative of the person navigating that ship. And it's interesting because our first inclination when we feel stuck, it's always to point out, attribute our problems to the world in this predetermined position within it. Maybe that's the issue. We take our power, we put it into the universe, cross our fingers, and hope things work out. But that will always be a losing proposition. It will always come crumbling down. Because it's not the world that keeps you from showing up. You're not physically incapable of taking that first step or growing or evolving, developing, becoming something new. No, that demon lives in your head. That's the mental Goliath we struggle with, right? Because there's, there's cognitive dissonance between who we know ourselves to be and who we want ourselves to be. That's the sea we have to cross, the terrain we have to navigate. It's not the physicality of taking the steps. Anyone can do that. It's believing that you are worthy of the journey. And you have to ask yourself, is it that you can't become something new? Or is it that you can't, won't, refuse to detach from who you used to be? You're still tucked away in that container, that box you've been building for years and years and years that you've placed yourself in because I can promise you, one of the most liberating things to understand is yesterday is not a life sentence. Yesterday's not forever. Yesterday's not defining. It's simply a stepping stone. And every morning when you open your eyes, sun comes through the window, illuminates life around you. That's never your cue to put on a fake smile, play the same role you've been playing day after day after day. No, it's an invitation to do anything you want to do, to begin again, to start fresh. It's an opportunity to detach from that character, detach from the people and the things that don't push you towards what you want. Detach from the negative self-talk. And when all that's gone, everything is removed and it's only you and your self-belief, a will to move forward, I promise you that pendulum shifts. Life becomes simple and how beautiful simplicity is. It's shining a spotlight on what matters. It's clarity, it's taking control, it's picking up the clay and molding what you want to mold. It's opening the door and deciding to walk through. Everything else is variable. Everything else is noise. Everything else is detail and distraction. Because what you want, it's there. 
and it's waiting for you to simply remove yourself from who you used to be. To step into right now and believe that you are worthy of everything else to come. Why chase down the difficult things? It's certainly not being productive for the sake of being productive. It's not for the flex or the trophies. It's because meaning in life is directly tied to conquering the unconquerable. Harnessing the outside world it's about seeing what we can become when we put ourselves in position to grow. The adventure of a lifetime that awaits anyone who chooses to accept. That's why. But it's not a one and done affair. That's the thing. Life has a way of filtering out the timid and the unsure to identify those that really want it as though it sees us sign that dotted line and asks, is that so? Let me remove that comfort and predictability, see if then it still sounds good. Let me place the value on the other side of the pain. See if you're still enthusiastic about the pursuit. In fact, let me burn the map, dim the lights, Add some obstacles along the way. See how giddy you are about all this now. And see the difference between those who make change and those who dream about change. It comes down to one simple thing. How do you view the obstacles? Are they a problem? Are they an anomaly, a red flag? Because if they are, you've lost before you started. But the ones who see adversity as simply the expectation, the water that grows the seed, the wheel that turns the car, the switch that lights up the room, well, for them, it's a little different. They have armed themselves with adaptability. See, life is not smooth sailing with aberrations in the form of rough waters. No, it is a non-stop influx of trials and tribulations. You can't be mentally prepared to evolve if your expectation and your hope is always for calm. No, flip that on its head. The expectation is turbulence. Calm is a rare gift. And as it turns out, you were built to endure. So when the waters are rough and the many turn back, you, you push forward. Because this is not the world saying no. It's certainly not a referendum on you. It's the cost of admission. A chance for you to prove yet again that where you place your focus, you emerge victorious. 
if only the world could see, could understand that the challenge isn't the problem, it's the answer. If only everyone knew what you know. That the great tragedy isn't falling down, it's avoiding discomfort in order to preserve what? Mediocrity. Why do you want this? Because you know it's an option. It's there. You know that if you move forward when you're fearful, push harder when it hurts, find something in yourself when there appears to be nothing left, the game of life becomes one of unending reward, beauty, and prosperity. For those few, it's simply knowing that you can have the world if you just give yourself permission to take it. There's a quote attributed to Lincoln. He says, be sure to put your feet in the right place, then stand firm. The other day I was listening to Dan Carlin's podcast called Hardcore History, which, side note, is uh, an incredible podcast. Guy's a brilliant storyteller. And as I was listening, um, there's a, a specific idea that I wanted to dive into, an idea that I believe if we make an effort to understand and fully commit to, is capable of changing our lives. But first, some quick context, right? So Dan starts off this episode called King of Kings, talking about the Battle of Thermopylae in the year 480 BC in ancient Greece. It's that famous story that a lot of us know where King Leonidas leads that small army, uh, which includes 300 Spartans against this massive Persian military force that's invading. And the quick version is essentially Xerxes, who's the king of the Persian Empire and in charge of that massive army, tells the much smaller Spartan force that if they lay down their weapons, if they submit to him and let you know, the, the Persians pass, no harm will be inflicted upon them. They'll be free to go, go about their lives. And here's the famous line. In response to the Persian command to lay down their weapons, the Spartans respond, Milan Labay, which means, come and take them. It's the Spartans' way of saying, look, the only way we're laying these weapons down is if you rip them from our cold, dead hands. Right, with everything on the line, the odds stacked against them, the ground beneath them basically shaking, from the march of a far superior fighting force moving directly towards their location, they would not let go of their principles. They were fighting for something bigger than them. And I couldn't stop thinking about this idea long after I hit pause on the episode. I guess I was awestruck by the power of living life with that type of conviction. Because I know in my soul that's the North Star I should be gravitating towards. We all should. 
the strength to be unrelenting with regard to that which we care about. The aforementioned quote from Lincoln about finding the right place for our feet and then holding steady. With everything you have, all that you are, holding firm. I just couldn't get that out of my head. But then it came to me that that invading force represents so much in our personal lives. So many things. One example being the difficult or adverse circumstances, our trying times. When you're most likely to concede that perhaps you're no bigger than that world around you. Maybe life is a movie and I'm merely the audience. My job is to clap, laugh, gasp, or cry. I'm a cog in a wheel, a line in a script, powerless. In which case, you should be reminded of Viktor Frankl's famous observation that everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. In other words, the outside world may change. It may evolve, but it will never have power over how you choose to internalize and view what's happening. That's innately yours. So when the circumstances feel like they demand more than you can give, when they suggest you leave your interpretation of life behind, the correct response is, as the Spartans defiantly said, come and take it. That army could represent a pushback against your values, the pillars of your individual foundation that you feel amidst all the pressure tempted to let go of. After all, it's easier to retreat than stand toe-to-toe with others. It's easier to abandon than it is to defend, at least in the short term. But as Victor Hugo writes, you have enemies, good. That means you've stood up for something sometime in your life. The enemies obviously not being the point. I'm a believer in the conservation of enemy approach to life. Allies just pragmatically get you a lot further, but here's the reality. Anyone who stands for something will undoubtedly create divide. They'll be criticized and condemned. And when one feels the pressure of that criticism, they must understand that it does not invalidate who they are or their worldview. That is yours. You are the only one who can give up or relinquish that control. So as the Spartans said, come and take it. And then lastly, my thoughts went to the little things that make us who we are. Those tiny pieces of ourselves that we little by little, one by one over time give away the concessions that fade into the background as we evolve to fit in so that we don't stand out. As Emerson beautifully put it, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. And so that attacking army 
just might be the universe attempting to mold you to it. Perhaps not all at once, but more like that frog placed in water and put on the stove with the heat increasing so slowly over time that he doesn't realize the heat will soon overtake him. Externalities do not dictate. They are objects in need of meaning and you are the architect here. If it means something to you, it's worth holding on to during the difficult times and the easy times. When it's popular and when it's not, there is value within you specific to you, a value that must be nurtured in order to expand. Others can't and won't see that. The world around you may even with all its complexities seek to suppress it. But that flame is there, it's there and it's yours. And to anyone or anything looking to extinguish its light, come and take it. After all, what is a life if not one lived on your own terms? The goal is not to simply exist, but to define the plane on which you'll evolve, to devise your own parameters. Be yourself as that world looks to make you something else. So here's to digging deep, to finding within yourself the courage to stand up to the great armies of chaos, conflict, adversity, and their perpetual conquest. To remember how strong you are, how much control you have as you navigate the unknowns and redefine the right nows. Don't let your strength be the thing you give away. Don't let your heart be what gets left behind. Don't let your thoughts become illusions of what could have been if only you'd held on. And look, I'm not saying it's easy. In fact, I know that the meaningful road will necessarily be the one that requires the most of us, that makes us question who we are and where we're going. It will ask that when our minds race with doubt and our knees shake with fear, we find a way to stand regardless. To walk to our demons, look them square in the eye and proclaim that whatever it takes, we are willing to give. That we will fight until there's nothing left, go until we can go no further and hold with conviction all that matters most. So the next time life demands that you fall back or bow down, the next time chaos emerges in the distance and asks only that you lay down your arms, here's to being strong enough, certain enough, courageous enough to say one thing and one thing only, come and take them.
Life's best kept secret? Simple. Show up. Show up when you're tired. You're down, show up after defeat. Show up when you're stressed, when you're worried. Show up when you don't feel like it. In fact, that's when it's most important to show up. That becomes the great differentiator. See, a lot of us, somewhere along the way, we adopt this idea that winning is about the home run. It's stepping up to the plate and swinging so hard that the ball leaves the park and it never comes back to earth. And while, yeah, that's a fantastic sentiment. And if or when that happens, that's great. But sustained success isn't one monumental occurrence. It's little victories consistently occurring over and over and over. Very small, in fact, to those walking by, they're probably too ordinary to be considered successful or acknowledged. They're too mundane. They're only victories because you decided they are. And when you think about it, the evidence is out there, right? Successful teams don't build game plans around the Hail Mary with no time left on the clock. No, they show up every day and master the task in front of them. They compound the opportunity available on a daily basis because it's there. And that puts them in a position to execute. However the situation unfolds. They showed up when it quote-unquote didn't matter. And that, of course, means everything when it does matter. And something I remind myself every day and something I think everyone should hear those waiting for life to hand out miracles will always be left behind by those willing to, well, show up. When it's not fun, not sexy or exciting, days when you're tired, when you're weak, when you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders because, well, we all know that happens. We all know how easy it is for that to be the excuse or become the free pass, especially when you know in the back of your head this is practice, right? This is a rep. The world won't end if you sit this one out. But if you wouldn't sit out the real thing, the Super Bowl of your pursuit, then we have to understand the value of the mundane staircase leading to that event. Each seemingly insignificant step is your Super Bowl. It's not that it's close to the same, it has to be the same. It's the old saying, you play the way you practice, but turned way up. Now we're saying, there is no difference. And when the lights are turned on and you're standing on that stage, it's not some new experience you have to figure out and navigate. It's the continuation of that staircase, of the old, of the familiar. You showed up then, and you'll show up now. When you were unsure of yourself then, you didn't hide. You trusted yourself, and now that same trust stands by your side. When you were tired, weak, when you had nine million things on your mind, you didn't bail. 
you blocked out the world and you found clarity and now that same clarity simplifies what lays before you. When you felt discouraged or the finish line felt too far away, you reacquired your meaning by simply executing, by being there. And now every part of you will execute here just the same. So while it's their Super Bowl, their championship, their one shot, this is your every day. It's your DNA. It's watching that ball roll down the hill that you created, pushed by momentum you brought to life. You'll do what you came here to do because you made that decision. Every step along the way, every single day leading up to now. Sometimes the most important things we do in our lives are the product of sheer will. Of taking little nothings that surround us and making something out of them. In other words, the greatest opportunities, often the ones we need most, they simply aren't obvious. They're hidden. Hidden behind what looks like difficulty, what appears to be hopelessness. The reason I place so much value on a single step forward when we're overwhelmed or at a low point is because a single step means you're in the game. You're giving yourself a chance to find and obtain those little hidden away pieces that can't be found when we stand still and dwell on a situation. Mobility is empowerment. And when we move forward only with what we have, we're continuously reminded that what we have is enough. We have the tools, the resources, and the ability. We just have to somehow remind ourselves that with those tools, we are capable of building, of creating the incredible. So quick story about what I believe is the best song ever written, certainly one of them. And it's a little bit older now, but in 1998, a band called the Goo Goo Dolls released a song called Iris. And that song changed my life. It was the first album I bought. It introduced me to music. I listened to it you know, probably thousands of times. And even 24 years later, it gives me chills listening to it. And so I wanted to find out a little more about the song. And I came across an interview from Johnny Resnick, who uh, is the frontman and songwriter for the band. And in this interview, the interviewer is asking Johnny about the song, um, basic questions, how it came out, how he wrote it, and stuff like that. And there's a few points that I think are amazing. I want to share them with you. First is the state he was in prior to writing the song. He just came out of a divorce, personal life sort of in shambles, coming off of a bad record deal where uh, the label from his previous album had done what record labels are notorious for um, and ended up keeping the vast majority of the revenue. He had writer's block, you know, just 
felt down and had left his home to stay at a hotel in Los Angeles. Right? Bottom line is it's not a dream scenario by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, then gets a call from his manager about potentially writing a song for the City of Angels soundtrack. And he says he went and sort of auditioned with what he had, which was two lines of a song and a guitar with two broken strings. It was evidently good enough. He gets a nod from the label and starts writing. And the verses, according to Johnny in the interview, they align perfectly with the movie, right? It's uh, an angel willing to give up anything, even his immortality to be human so he could be with this girl, right? And uh, it's, it's this deep dive into, you know, what it is to love someone so much that you give up everything for them. And then, and this is the icing on the cake for me, that's when it, like, I realized that I wanted to write about this. Um, The interviewer says, essentially, okay, Johnny, the verses align with the movie, but the chorus, this revolutionary, big, beautiful, powerful chorus, it seems to take a left turn. Like, can you explain that to us? What were you thinking? And he just kind of pauses blankly for a second. And I'm thinking, no, don't you dare say what I know you're about to say. And sure enough, he does. He basically shrugs and goes, I don't know, the words just kind of worked. And, you know, I'm paraphrasing, that's not a a direct quote, but that's the idea. You know, one of the deepest, most powerful, beautiful songs I've ever heard is Patchwork, right? Even the song title, he says, was named after a country singer Uh, on the cover of a magazine laying next to him, Iris. That's patchwork. It's pieces put together, right? And then as I thought about it for a minute, it's like, of course it is. How perfect, how absolutely perfect the whole thing is an assembly and construction, a metaphor for the human spirit. Conceived when its author was down and out, right? Taking L after L, called to present an idea, didn't have some crazy budget or equipment to pitch this song, nope, move forward only with what he had in the moment. And that was enough. Then the song, a beautiful depiction of, uh, you know, the movie's theme combined with elements of real life, his personal situation, what he goes through, maybe even components that mean nothing other than an ability to encapsulate a feeling or an emotion. Words that allowed him to put a bow on all these little pieces himself and get it out the door. And millions and millions of people listened to that song and were changed by it. Not because of what it meant to Johnny, but because it gave them a chance to take it and fit their own worlds and struggles into those same lines. It became a vehicle to inspire others to push forward, to find things in themselves they didn't know were there. This has become one of my favorite metaphors for finding the hero buried deep within yourself, changing your life, changing your world, changing the world around you, the lives of others can truly be, and in fact often is the result of just moving forward with what you have, right? Realizing that even when the mountain seems too tall to climb, there is a way. We just require that mental shift. 
Listen to this question, right? Because I used to ask myself all the time, is this possible? Can this be done? Well, then that becomes the question that I focused on. And everything that occurred around me became evidence that would either support or invalidate that possibility. The second I came up against an inevitable barrier, I'd think, ah, maybe this is telling me the answer is no. Right? Life will always be evidence for or against the questions that you choose to ask, which is why it's so important that you're asking the right questions. Because the second you change that question to, look, I know this can be done, but how will I do it? You start looking at life as a puzzle that must be solved. That same obstacle that was once interpreted as a stop sign is now merely an indicator that the path exists just perhaps somewhere else. You've extended the pursuit. You've given yourself permission to keep looking. And it's because of these self-created expeditions that we find more in ourselves. You know, things won't always go perfectly, but when you look at those imperfections through the right lens, you see that this isn't about you. It's about that particular door being locked. All you have to do is believe in yourself enough to move to the next one, to continue knocking until you find a door that opens, until you find that bridge to whatever comes next. And that's why I love that story about Iris, why I wanted to share it today. It's crafted during times far from ideal, with resources far from abundant, with words far from perfect or related or self-explanatory. But you end up on the other side with this masterpiece, this song that certainly changed my life and definitely impacted many others. And it's like we have to realize when we're sitting on the edge of the bed, you know, maybe it's not divorce or writer's block, but whatever it is holding you back, that's not the end. It's your reason to keep going, to begin again. You don't have to know how things will be, but you do have to know how they won't be. They won't be like this because you won't let them stay this way. And maybe it's not two written lines and a broken guitar. Maybe it's moving forward when your strength is not at a 10 out of 10, when you don't really have that spark, or you're longing for some resources, some finances, wondering where they'll come from, but pushing forward one little step at a time until things start making sense. And maybe it's not a combining and restructuring of song lyrics, using your personal experiences to fill the gaps on the paper before you. But it's trusting that your own story will ultimately tell itself if you don't put the pen down. That the heroes will rise, the villains will fall, and the adventure will continue on. After all, that's what life is. One giant adventure testing us, pushing us, and transforming us when we're at our lows while reminding us during the good times why we're lucky to have been gifted that same adversity we once looked at with contempt. Why we're lucky that when everything's made to be broken, as the lyrics suggest, we get to make something imperfectly beautiful with the pieces. <laughs>